Tonight on the podcast, we're talking about Halo, Moon Knight, and Sonic 2, as well as some geek news involving the Wonder Twins, DC, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery, and uh, yeah, hit that music, Max. It's Friday night in Phoenix, Arizona. We are the Absolute Geek Podcast. My name is Lance. I'm Max. Oh, that was so, like, I'm Max. How are you guys tonight? Yeah. It was like some ASM stuff. Sure. ASMR or whatever they they call it. Is that that? what it's called? It's not ASM. It's ASMR, isn't it? Yes, ASMR. Oh, man. Shows you how bad I, how stupid I am. Yo, Patrick. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the show. Styx is on, too. Right on time, he says seven thirty-four. He fucking asshole. <laughs> hey man, we're only a little late. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, I was trying to get uh, somebody on. I actually asked Hunter uh, Buckman to come on. Oh really? And I said, dude, come talk Halo because he is probably the best Halo player that I know. I, I would think. Yeah, he is. He is very good. And I said, dude, come on, come on and talk about Halo. And he's like, dude, I haven't watched it. I was like, what the, like, I thought you were obsessed. <laughs> he's not, I don't think, and I can't speak for, this is a friend of ours. I can't speak for him really, but from what I know of Hunter, he's not like a story guy when it comes to video games. He's more about just the competitive nature. So I don't even, I don't uh, know if he's super into the Halo story. He, he might be, but I just, uh, like he plays um, Apex Legends and pretty much any, if there's like a big battle royale or shooter game like that he's gonna be in there and he's gonna be kicking everybody's butt he's really good so so i love story games that's probably that's probably the only games that i like this in if you don't count like mario and shit like that right yeah my Um, preferred is story driven games i tried playing the evil within because i just got a brand new xbox the xbox series x with game pass so i'm downloading all these games that i wanted to play and never really got a chance sure I put the evil within on easy mode because I heard it's a pretty tough game. It's still fucking hard on easy. Is it? Oh, dude, I played for probably 15 minutes and died like six times. It's hard. It's fucking hard. I I haven't tried it. I'm not, I'm not into horror games. You know, I I say I'm not into horror movies because I'm not really, because I don't find them Mm -hmm. scary, but horror video games freak me the hell out. Well, you play you play Last of Us, but I guess that's not really a horror. Game. I mean, it, it is, is, but it isn't. And the sections of the Last of Us that are that are like in the dark, like especially the Last of Us Two, when there's the sections in the dark and you have to use the flashlight and you oh, can't with the see clickers? anything, dude. Yeah, the clickers. Those sections freak me out. I hate those sections. Oh, dude, that's I hate my favorite. Those. That's my favorite. Yeah, it's just it's just not my jam. I I I get why people like it, but I don't like to be scared. <laughs> Movies don't scare me, but when it's a video game and I'm in control. It's freakier man like at any moment someone's going to come and jump at me i don't like it yeah i think i'm just desynthesized i don't know i, I have a hard time i've always had a hard time saying that word asm desynthesized desynthesized um i'm just on horror movies and horror games just don't i don't get scared really did you did you play until dawn uh no is that on game pass no it's a ps4 game it was an exclusive on PS4. I let you, oh, I let yes, you borrow yes. it and you never played yes, it. Yes, I did play it. 
I oh, did, you did play it. Yeah, I got kind of bored. It's kind of like that choose your own adventure stuff, huh? It's a choose your own adventure stuff. I don't know how far in you got, but it's freaky, dude. I the first got... half is like a traditional slasher film, and then it gets more like supernatural. It's, it's I got seventy five percent through it. Hmm. I, I didn't really like it. You loved oh, it, I which loved that's it. that's awesome for you. I, I like that you like some that there's something horror that piqued your interest, but I didn't like the choose your own adventure stuff. Like it just didn't gameplay wasn't for you. Yeah, not your kind yeah. of gameplay. Fair enough. Yeah, I I like I like stuff where it's giving you like a lot of like Last of Us is perfect. It gives you a ton of story, and then there's an actual like hand to hand like difficult yeah. combat. Until Dawn is more just story. Yes. Like there is there is um gameplay and stuff and you, i think you do shoot some guns in it but yeah it's mostly you're choosing your own adventure and depending on what you do people will die or they'll live or or whatever lots of things can I, I enjoy I, that you know what i'm surprised that they never got into considering the following that's along with it supernatural doesn't have a video game and it seems primed my kid is freaking out out there yeah yeah so patrick in the, is saying some stuff in the comments and i want to i want to address some of this uh so he's talking about horizon zero dawn how it looks gorgeous well first he said is matt is late again probably no matt's oh. not on the show tonight matt is matt not has on the family show. in town oh is that what it is i thought uh i thought he was um going to a prostitutes <laughs> going to a prostitutes <laughs> You can see how dialed going, into that going, world. going to a prostitute's. <laughs> well, it's possessive. Go to a prostitute's house. No, that's brothel. called a brothel or a whorehouse. <laughs> I was trying to think of something oh, you, funny, and I did dude. not do well. The bunny ranch. He's at the bunny ranch. Lance, uh, Matt always has something funny to say when we're gone. Like I could be out on my anniversary date, and. Matt's like, oh yeah, he's he's rubbing hemorrhoid hemorrhoid cream on his ass. Or, oh yeah, you know, like he just we dude, something. we ripped you apart last week talking about Manscape. Oh yeah, and uh, saying how how you had to order a replacement for your Clippers because they they burned out halfway, <laughs> halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> well, regarding Horizon Zero Dawn or Horizon Forbidden West. That that game is absolutely gorgeous, and I just finished Forbidden West yesterday, which is kind of crazy for me because that game came out mm-hmm. in February. Uh, I think it was mid February, maybe it was the end of February, but it, it took me nearly two full months to beat it. And for me, that's a long time. Like when I'm really looking forward to a game, like yeah, when, when I'm looking forward to something game wise or or TV wise or whatever, I usually just dive in and just demolish it. Like when The Last of Us Two demolish came out, that, that was. Shit. It was a 30-hour game. I played it in like two and a half days. Now, that was before my son was born, so it was a bit easier. But even after James has been born, like, games have come out, and I have plowed through them. But just, you know, I've mentioned on the show a few times, like, I was applying for a new job at work, and so I was interview prepping, and then I got the new job, and so I was, like, trying to transition all my old work to new people, and now I'm and starting now a new job, and now, now I'm Now you're licensed. training on licensing, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting licensed in my Series 6 and my 63 and my SIE, and so it's just, like, my time for uh, gaming has gone down a bit. But uh, right. it's been fun, though. Like, this week I, I played a bit more, which was nice, and uh, Forbidden West has a cool story, like, it's fine, but, like, a lot of people were giving it, like, a 9 out of a 10, and I don't know. I feel like it's more, it's more like an eight. Like it's, it's good. It's really good, but not as good as the first one. I think the first one was better. Honestly, this, I mean, the, the second one is prettier. The gameplay. Well, 
upgraded upgraded the game plays a little bit better and there's some cool mechanics that weren't in the first game but story-wise um the first one was way better because you're like you don't know what's going on in this world and you're like discovering all these new things and so that's been part of the trouble is the second game you've already discovered like what zero dawn is and and kind of just you've discovered a lot about the world and so some of that mystique is gone. It doesn't, it doesn't mean the story's bad. It's just like the last of us or the last of us Two. those stories are incredible. God of war story. Incredible. I want to touch on something you said real quick about the mystique being gone. The last of us Two. The reason I think I like it so much is because like the, the, the core of the story was like, it seemed like it was completed in last of the part one. Right. Yeah. But last of us Two did such a good job of like, surprising you like over oh, and yeah. over and over and over again i mean mm-hmm. it has one of the probably biggest surprises of the entire franchise like right at the beginning yeah, yeah. so yeah they add that mystique that. in there that's that's why it's good it's like it's, i i like these games that take i mean they they killed off you know a main character you know in mm-hmm. the second game usually these video game companies are going to try to milk these things dry right they have a popular character they're going to at least try to last have them last a little bit longer and no they killed him off like in the second scene or something ridiculous like that yeah it was pretty early on pretty yeah. early on and and those that those games for me the story is just incredible and yeah. uh and horizon forbidden west it's it's pretty it's fun um there's some really cool quests some great dialogue the story's fine it's just uh it wasn't anything groundbreaking really so but it sticks. sets up a sequel for for you know a trilogy, which is cool. Oh yeah, yeah, of course, of course they gotta because it sold well, right? Yeah, yeah, it did yeah, well. yeah. So sticks brought up Resident Evil being freaky, and yeah, it was. But I think the true original is Silent Hill. Silent Hill was scary. I remember that much. My kid is pissed. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Oh, good. Um, we can hear her a little bit. It's fine. She'll yeah. She'll live. Uh, Anna's at Walmart right now, so she said uh, that she'd be a little bit late. So I'm like, okay, well, try not to make it a lot of late. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Sil- did you ever play Silent Hill? No, I didn't. No, Silent I Hill Silent. is like a classic. Uh, it's a classic. I haven't played franchise. Resident Evil either. Like, like I said, I'm not super into horror stuff. Yeah, Resident Evil's cool. I mean, I don't know why they've made... How many do they make of them? Like eight? <laughs> I don't know. A lot. <laughs> but the Silent Hill movie sucked. They did not do a good job with that. But most video game movies suck. By the way, so I saw... We're going to talk about Sonic 2 tonight, which I'm kind of excited for. Matt Matt didn't want to talk about it because he says it's a kid's movie. And <laughs> I say, fuck that noise. Uh, but... Um, Oh, I, I it broke it, it broke the record for opening it, it beat itself Sonic 1 had the record for best opening video game adaptation right Sonic 2 beat it I'm kind of surprised that Resident Evil's not I mean they made a ton of those movies Yeah we I talked about that they, this on the I show like successful. a month ago Yeah I I don't I, I, what was Matt saying? He was saying that like it's not that they weren't successful, but they weren't like that successful. It's more just like Mila Djokovic and her husband's like passion projects, and it yeah. made enough money that they could just keep doing them. Yeah, I want to watch the new one because it has Robbie Amell in it. 
I like is the TV show on Netflix or like movie on Netflix or something. No, it's not on Netflix. No, Resident Evil. No, it's an actual movie. Like you go rent it from Redbox. I thought there was a new like Resident Evil thing on uh, Netflix, but there there may be, but I don't think that one's. I know there's just a movie that's out that you have to like rent. Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City. Is that the one? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Robbie. Yeah, Robbie Mills in it. Which we're going to talk about Robbie ML later in the show too. Themes. There are themes. themes in this episode. If only we were good at segues, because that would be a perfect segue. <laughs> but we always think about them after the fact. Um, yeah. So I, I was just well. Speaking that- of you, t- you want to talk about segues? We're talking about castings. We're going to talk about how Robbie Mel was cast in The Witcher. But before that, let's talk about another casting that you heard about, Lance. Yeah. So the Wonder Twins got cast. Uh, KJ Appa from from uh, Riverdale. And we don't have a slide for it because it literally happened like an hour ago, I think. Um, KJ Appa from Riverdale, who plays Archie. Um, and uh, what's her name? Isabel May? Um, maybe. She's from, from 1883. 1883. Oh, blonde, my gosh. Young girl. She's beautiful. She's she is beautiful. A, she she's gorgeous. Um, you sent the text. KJ Appa and Isabel May. Yep. Yeah. So Isabel they May. both got cast as the Wonder Twins, which that seems to be... It's interesting because later in the show, we're going to be talking about uh, Warner Brothers Discovery and kind of their plans for DC and kind of what they're trying to do. But yet they're still pushing forward with some of these Wonder Twins. Blue Beetle has some casting. Susan Sarandon just got cast in Blue Beetle, uh, a a part that was originally uh, going to be Sharon Stone. But I guess contract talks fell through, so they got Susan Sarandon, which Hmm. better actress. If you, I mean, most people would admit that. Yeah, Susan Sarandon's a better actress than Sharon Stone. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so it seems like they're pushing forward with it. But the, um, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that here in a minute. But we're going to switch things up a little bit tonight. So we normally start with geek news, but we have three things we're going to review tonight, right, Max? Yeah, we do. So what's first on the docket? Well, the first thing that we're going to be talking about is uh, Halo. I don't think we've talked about Halo on the show yet. No, Matt refuses to watch it. He won't watch it. Uh, I don't know why. Here's my thing with Halo. So, real quick. Um, so, I told Matt wants us to start giving like synopsises of, before we start getting into the spoiler stuff of kind of what's going on. So, Halo is in episode four uh, right now. That's what uh, debuted yesterday. Was episode four, and. Um, so far, we've met Master Chief. He's taken off his helmet. Uh, and then he we, hasn't put it back on. He has not put it back on. Hardly at all, anyway. <laughs> um, there is... You can definitely get some um, Mandalorian vibes, except in Episode 3, they kind of ditched that a little bit, and there's somebody else taking care of the kid who I thought was going to be, like, the child or Grogu or whatever. Um, so the Mandalorian line kind of or uh, storyline kind of switched to somebody else. Um, but uh, they, here's, here's my number one thing with, with, with Halo. Um, a lot of people are, are hating on it. And um, which I get, if you're a fan of the video games um, and you watch the show, they, they are completely different. The two, um, they could have called this anything they wanted to. Um, and and not call it Halo, and it still would have worked. Um, it might have been better received. Yeah, there, but it probably so much... wouldn't have been as watched because, like, you have the name Halo tied to it. People are going to watch it. Yes, you know, because it's not a bad show. 
no no it and, is and, tough to swallow at times because i am a bigger halo fan than you are it's well i mean i'm i'm a huge halo fan of the first two right so i played the first two at nauseam right so like but i started to, i started to i started to think about it how you're just kind of thrust in to this storyline that's happening um with yeah. the halo games right there's no real character development and and i've noticed that with video games like they do that a lot like halo has a great story but there's no none of that background stuff that's happening right no character mm-hmm. development like you more fall in love with the character because of the gameplay and the 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 scenery and the graphics and stuff like that still a great story just i don't think it would have worked for a tv show without all this backstory stuff i think they have to i think they have to prop up the characters and build this back cuz now you're getting you're you're learning about these other spartans you're learning about these scientists in the background you're learning about these regular regular military people that there's a difference between spartans and and these like in the video games the the regular military people are just kind of there right like it doesn't really explain why there's spartans and why there's military people like i just don't think the game would have worked if they adapted it beat for beat into a tv show so i think it would have i i firmly disagree with you on that but now well I guess I, I mostly disagree. I, I agree that like if they literally beat for beat did the exact same thing as the game, it wouldn't have worked. But I think they could have done pretty much the exact same story as the like the original game or something or 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 a very similar version, but added more. I think it's I think it's valuable to get backstory. I think it's good to understand things. Um, but here's where I'm at. Um, my when I watched the first episode, I was severely disappointed and didn't like it. And then the second, third episodes, I was kind of feeling the same way. And this fourth episode wasn't amazing. I'm not loving this show, but I'm coming to the realization that it's just kind of fun to have. It's fun to be in the Halo world in this Mm -hmm. way. Um, It's cool to see the Covenant, although the Covenant have not been in the show nearly as much as I'd like. Um, I think all that's coming. I think it is too. I think there's just a slow burn going on here, but yeah. here's, here's one of the things I've been thinking about. So um, there's a lot of halo books and I won't profess to be super deep into the lore in the halo books. I know that the show is not Canon and that it's, it takes place in kind of like an alternate halo universe is kind of the, the idea. Um, but the way I'm thinking about the show is it's a prequel to the first game. And, and I think that that's okay. Because at the beginning of the first game, Halo, not Halo, I'm, I'm, I said Halo, it's like people say Zelda instead of Link. Master Chief at the beginning of the first Halo is basically like in cryosleep or whatever, like he's deactivated yeah. and they reactivate him. And everyone already knows who he is. He's already the super known uh, military hero and all that. Now, granted, in this show, he's already fairly well known too. But we haven't really seen him do anything. And so I think it's kind of cool that we do get to see Chief do some stuff and like get some more backstory on him. But what I really hope and what I'm expecting, I'm expecting this season to end like bef- maybe as they get to the Halo ring or maybe even like, I think they're going to get to the Halo ring. But I don't think until like the, the last episode. And maybe, maybe 
next season will be more similar to the first Halo game. I don't think yeah. it's still, I still don't think it's going to be beat for beat. I think it's going to be very different still. Um, but maybe that's, you know, I, where I, they're going to go. I agree with you. I think it's kind of a prequel because just in this episode, and we're getting into spoilers now for those um, that haven't seen it, we're going to talk spoilers a little bit. They, um, they just now learned of the Halo name right it hasn't really been said uh before up to this point right um yeah i don't think they uh, had said the name halo yeah they're just now attributing halo to this ring thing that they kept referencing i mean there's just a whole lot more characters in this than there ever was in the games right there's a whole the covenant has like a um almost like a um like illuminati type you know governor board and there's this girl see that who, was in the games so like the prophet of truth and mercy and all that like is that in, in one and two uh i'm trying to remember if they're in one but in two for sure see it's in been fact, a, you, it's been a number fight, of years you fight um the some of the prophets and the but there game. wasn't this girl and the third game there wasn't no. this human girl and she's a big issue for me <laughs> i think that she's his sister I think that she's a terrible character and I wish she didn't exist. The whole freaking fingernail plasma sword. Are you kidding me? That was the <laughs> dumbest thing I've ever seen. That was awful. Um, yeah. She might be a sister. Maybe. I well, it, you remember oh, yeah. it shows these two people in, or these two uh, little kids in the beginning of the last episode, like running away. Like there's been a whole bunch of destruction in their town. I think one of them is John and the other one is the girl. So they actually kiss. So not brother and sister, but like, I think they knew each other beforehand. Maybe, maybe I, I don't think that they're family. I think that they're just supposed to be two people that are like tied into the forerunners or something. Yeah. Um, they haven't really mentioned forerunners yet, but I feel like that's what's going on here. Cause the, the technology they're touching is forerunner technology. Um, so Stick says he he doesn't follow Halo, but he likes the show. If they called it anything else, it definitely wouldn't have been would have been reviewed better. I think is what he meant reviewed. Yeah, received or something better. Received uh, better. Yes, I I agree. In fact, I probably wouldn't even mind the the girl as much if it wasn't called Halo, because she's maybe not a bad character. It's just that here's here's my issue with her. The Covenant hate humans like hate 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 them and so like in the in the most normal lore of halo yeah. i could never see them teaming up but with, i think i oh, think that it, i think that it saw i think it answers that because she has this gift to react with these artifacts they do they do answer it it's just i still i just don't like it like this weird human girl that's like in charge of them i just like she kind of is like their leader in some ways like not entirely, but like. See, I still uh, think those three are the leader, but they just hold her in high regard because they, because. Well, they uh, are. But I think what's going to happen is, John and this girl are going to at some point converge, and come in contact with one of these artifacts, and then we're going to really see some fireworks. Once the, I, both of them touch it. I'm looking forward to more action, um, because since the first episode, there's been very little. Um, don't think any covenant got killed in this one. That was a bummer. Uh, I don't even think there was any covenant in this episode at all. 
the episode was okay though. Like there was some cool story. Like I'm, I'm enjoying seeing, you know, John, like, yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of his helmet coming off in the first episode, but I'm, I'm understanding it more now. I get it. I understand that removing the uh, inhibitor chip to, you know, have them have more emotion. I think it's cool that he's learning about his backstory. I like that they're showing the conflicting feelings of, Hey Halsey, what's going on here? Cause I don't think at this point, John knows that Dr. Halsey basically kidnapped a bunch of kids Yep, and enslaved them and made them into Spartans. Kind of has a black, kind of has a Black Widow, a storyline to it, huh? I, I feel it like definitely this show, does. I feel like this show is like a mix between like Red Sparrow, Black Widow, and The Mandalorian, with a little bit of a Star Trek flair in it, like the the science fiction part. Yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of just feels like um, Halo. Um, <laughs> it doesn't feel like Halo though. That's been your beef. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just giving you a hard time um it's what was the point i was gonna make i don't know anyway i'm enjoying the story i'm liking where it's going um one theory i have and i'd be i'd be okay with this if if my theory turns out to be correct because in this latest episode the other spartan i can't remember her name she took her chip out and so she's starting to show emotion which where do i know that that girl from i don't know but she looks a lot like um why am i blanking on their name brianne of tarth from game of thrones i cannot think of the actress's name you wouldn't know who that is anyway but she looks kind of similar to that actress but um anyway i think what's happening here so you got miranda keys who's the daughter of halsey which is weird because that wasn't the case in the games but whatever um miranda keys is kind of studying the artifacts she's starting she's starting to get to know the spartans more and in halo lore there's the spartan ones which as i understand it the spartan one program pretty much just failed they all died the spartan two program is what chief and all these other spartans appear to be and then the spartan three program comes in later and it doesn't have like the emotion suppression and and soldiers volunteer for it and it's not as ethically shady the spartan three program granted the spartans aren't as strong they're not as tall and enhanced but wait a minute. i think that miranda is going to create the spartan three program i think that that's where this is leading miranda is halsey's daughter i thought yes. miranda was the admiral's daughter she is no halsey's the doctor yes the admiral yeah the, the admiral female, and halsey the, got jiggy with it no the female admiral <laughs> The woman. Oh no, no, no! The male, the male or general or whatever he is. But oh, Captain this whole Keys. time I was thinking that I was the whole time I was thinking that the female admiral was her mother. I no. didn't. I I didn't make that connection. I watched no. these kind of like while, while so, I'm kind of working a little bit. In, so in I Halo lore, that's not the case, as far as I'm aware. Miranda is not Doctor Halsey's daughter, but in the show she is, and um. Whatever, that's that's fine, I guess, if they want to do that. And Miranda, from what I remember in the games, isn't this sciencey either. She's more of a military person. But she's yeah. a cool character and 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 I'm liking her in this too. So whatever. I don't mind that change. That's one I'm more okay with. But I think that she's going to create the Spartan threes, and I think that'd be cool. So, like, you know, for anyone that's a Halo game fan, Bucky, who is played by Nathan Fillion, he's a Marine in the Halo 3 ODST game. He's actually the Marine you play as. And then by Halo 5, he's a Spartan 3. And, uh, and that's cool. Like, it's a character that you know and and uh, and love. And uh, Locke in Halo 5 is a Spartan 3 as well. And pretty much all of Team Osiris are Spartan 3s. 
and they're enhanced, but not quite as enhanced as like the Spartan twos. And I think that they're, I think that's where this is leading. Maybe not this season. Maybe it'll take a season or two, but I, I could see that happening. So the the actress that you know um, that puts the red in her hair, um, what's the name of her character on this? It's uh, Kai One Two Five. Um, she she is actually she's most of her uh, Captain experience Phasma, yep. ex- experience has been in video game voice acting. Oh, really? Yeah, but not in Halo. <laughs> <laughs> interesting she was in uh mass effect she was in who was she uh, in mass effect does it say uh mass effect she was avila kajar that's not a character that, that a mass I effect andromeda oh i've divinity original sin 2 she was the elves world of warcraft she was in battlefield v so speaking of voice actors though she was in valhalla assassin's creed oh cool yeah. So, speaking of voice actors, the same voice actress who played Cortana is Cortana in this, and that makes me so happy every time. Hey, can, Honestly, can I, oh, it makes that makes me happy. Can I, I ask you that. something about that? Okay, mm-hmm. so that whole storyline kind of confused me a little bit. So Halsey clones herself. She's in this egg thing because that is the actress that's playing Halsey. That's in the egg. They then take her essence and install it into master chief and then it comes out looking like cortana but it doesn't look like halsey so why why did the like wouldn't have made more sense if the actress that they modeled cortana as was in the egg um yes it would have made more sense if it was the same actress playing both parts yeah i just don't which is the case in the games so Jen Taylor, who plays the voice of Cortana, is Dr. Halsey in the games, too. And she does a really good job at disguising her voice and sounding. You can tell it's the same person because it is the same like, yeah. genetic person, but they sound really different. So I did think that was weird that they didn't have the same actress, but I'm OK with it. And I think the reason is because that I, I, I think it's because Jen Taylor doesn't do physical like acting as much. And so maybe they didn't want her to be Dr. Halsey. And and Cortana, like I don't know, I could be wrong, but well, I mean, what, she does physical acting because she is the hologram. That's her, right? Sure, sure. So she does like vo- she does video capture and stuff, but she's usually like a voice actress. Yeah. So, which doesn't mean she can't act because pretty much all voice actresses started probably in stage theater and and, and stuff like that. Like she can act. Just I don't know. I'm yeah, just thinking she's it's because only, she's only done voice acting yeah and so that doesn't bug me like they look similar i think the two actresses have a similar vibe but yeah if you wanted it to be really accurate the same actress should have done it i could definitely tell it's a different person like well, it yeah looks, i can it too. looks it looks different i just didn't understand that i was like why did she change her like she's bald in this egg thing and then she gets installed to installed into john and then looks like a completely different person with like a bob cut i'm like yeah so well the haircut that's always been the case like the haircut of cortana's always she looks like cortana from the games like i follow that and she i'm just saying in the show i'm just saying in the show it doesn't the transition doesn't make sense sure but i'm just i'm very happy because when they showed the first trailer of cortana she just looked like a normal human 
with like a, a little bit of a blue hue. Yeah. But in the, in the final version of the show, she looks awesome. Yeah. Like, she looks like Cortana. Yeah. She looks so good. And I, I just love it. That's my favorite part of the show. Every yeah. time Jen Taylor speaks, I'm just like, oh, this is so good. And it really makes me wish that like, I get it. You wanted Pablo Schreiber to do it whenever his helmet's off. That's fine. But if when his helmet was on, like you could explain it as like a voice modulator that makes him sound different. If we could have had Steve Downs do the voice when he's got the helmet on, oh, that would be cool. That'd make me so happy. <laughs> yeah. I would love it if Steve Downs is in some kind of cameo. I would just love to see him. Uh, he's just, that, that voice is so iconic and I would love him to have some kind of appearance in the show. My camera's all blurry. There we go. Now I don't look like I'm in a fishbowl. Yeah. yeah well, anyway, I let's. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's let's weird. Let's move on to our next topic. Uh, I took it off the screen. That's okay. I moved the slide. There, you there go. we go. So uh, what's this? That That's what I was about to say. So <laughs> I, you a while back, you said, don't put words on it. We want to, we want to tell people the news. So I didn't put any words on it. <laughs> Basically, this is in reference to DC and discovery, like the, the buyout of discovery Warner, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And basically what I'm getting at here is that discovery, like recently when they, they took over, they have said that they want to install a Kevin Feige like into the DC universe. They want more movies like Joker. They want Superman to have more of a presence. You know, they, they have all these things that we've been saying on this show for a long time that we want. And Years. it sounds like that's what we were they saying want. it on couch crunchers <laughs> and we were saying it on. Absolute, yeah. We've been saying it for years. Yeah. And that's what they want. And so I'm really hopeful. And the reason I put James Gunn up here is because there's been fans crying for him to be the new Kevin. Yeah. Biden. I don't want that. I agree I don't, with you. I don't want that. Not, the, not anything against James Gunn. I don't, I'm not entirely convinced that he would be very true to the entire DC landscape. Like he has a niche that is these ensemble movies and he's really good at it. And I want him to keep making those movies. And I, and I just don't think he's the guy to build this whole tapestry. I don't think it's Zack Snyder either. Uh, Matt brought up the suggestion last week of Kevin Smith. And Kevin no. Smith, dude, Kevin, you have no idea. Kevin Smith has written some of the best DC comics ever. He understands comics. He understands that universe more than anybody else that you could name. Maybe now, I shouldn't have been so quick to say no, but I don't know. I don't you know. I know think, Kevin though, Smith is a not, super nerd and he understands stuff. He's not. He wouldn't be directing any movies. He would yeah. just be. He would just be the architect of this. Which he's a comic book writer. Um. He he would just be the because Kevin Feige you got to think never sits in the director's chair he's just kind of like okay and he has a team around yeah, him he's assembled these right. people around him that know comics and and the him and his team do all these things together and they build these fantastic movies. Um, Kevin Smith could be that guy if you separate the creative part from just the nerd because they want somebody that understands the business side which Kevin Smith does, and they also need somebody that gets the source material. And who else could that be? So you so you, you do bring up a good point. I, I'm not mm-hmm. I'm softening to the idea. Kevin Smith definitely knows the material and I think that he could help to produce good content. Here's my smaller uh, here's my concern and and maybe it's unwarranted. So Kevin Feige is also just like a really good businessman. Like mm-hmm. yes, he's a he's a film guy and he 
I think he loves the material and he's really smart. Like he's got a good, good, you know, mind behind him. But I think part of it is that he's a very successful executive. Kevin Smith is not like traditionally, he's not like an executive kind of a guy. Dude, and this guy. Th- so let me, let me correct you there because you got to think of what this guy has done, right? What Kevin Smith has done. Kevin Smith took this cheesy little black and white movie called Clerks and turned it into a like a entertainment empire. You got to think he's done cartoons, he's done comic books, he's done uh, merchandise. He has that traveling restaurant movies that he does where he goes to city to city to city and opens up. He is a businessman. He's he's taken this little indie movie and turned it into a spawning franchise. Like all of his movies inter interconnect. He has all these arms that yeah. you know branches that branch off into all these other things. You know he has created a media empire with obviously nowhere nothing near what Marvel is or DC is or any of these other things. But he did that. You know. And and 20, 30 years later, I forget, I don't know when Clerks came out. It's been decades. People are still clamoring for that content. Yeah, it's a cult cult classic stuff for sure. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people that like it. So maybe Kevin Smith would be good. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not sure if he's the right one, but he's better than James Gunn. Like, and I love James Gunn, but I want James Gunn to be in the director's chair. You know, I... I mean, if he wants to executive produce stuff like Peacemaker, I know he didn't necessarily write every episode, but he wrote most of it and directed most of it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's how I want him to be involved because he's awesome in that regard. James Gunn has his strengths. Kevin Smith is a really good storyteller. I just don't know. Maybe he's not the best director for these big budget films because he's been handed a big budget fr- a big budget film before and it flamed out with Cop Out with uh bruce willis and um who else was in that was that tracy morgan yeah that was tracy morgan yeah in which it it, it flamed out that thing was just an absolute mess and he's made movies that his his fans want to see but some of the best episodes of the flash and supergirl he's written really good comic books yeah He, he he did those he directed i think my favorite episode of the flash which is the one with the trickster Mm -hmm. that episode is phenomenal granted a lot of that's mark hamill but direction has a a big role in that and i think he wrote that one too so don't get me wrong kevin smith does some good stuff like he he does so maybe maybe he'd be good i'm just pushing back a little he's just what's the alternative because they they mentioned this this woman that they were vetting that actually turned it down i've never heard of her before in my life i nothing against her being a woman a woman could could do this job very well it's just i don't know who this person is what is her what is her experience with the source material? Kevin Smith, we know his experience with the source material. Yeah. We've seen what he's done with some of the source material. Um, I think he's the in in last week when Matt brought it up, I was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And after a week of thinking about it, I'm like, no, no that board. is that is that is a perfect recommendation because there's no one else. I want Kevin, I want Kevin Smith to run DC. I want John Favreau to run Star Wars, and I want Kevin Feige to run Marvel, and I think that we would get some fantastic content if those three men were at the helm. Definitely agree with you on John Favreau doing the Star Wars. I think that would be incredible. Yeah, I mean Kevin Feige has done some great stuff. 
They need an architect. They need an architect. Somebody that understands how movies are made. Because you got to think Kevin Feige has been producing movies ever since, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what his first movie is, but I know he produced all the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Yeah. He's been, he's been in the business a long time. He's got yeah, a lot of so, background and he's not a name anyone knew until the MCU came around. And so yeah. that's the thing. Like I, I can't remember the name of the the woman that they had suggested as well, but for all I know, she's been around for, for decades doing DC stuff. And I just, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't always pay attention to who the executive producer is. Like I'll, I noticed that on the Zack Snyder, once his wife is an executive producer, like just because I notice, oh, Snyder is yeah. the last name. But for the most part, I don't usually notice that unless it's Scarlett Johansson was an executive producer or Ryan Reynolds was an executive producer yeah. on their movies or like you notice that. But I don't usually pay well, attention. And a lot of these people get that producer. I mean, that's in their contract. They get these producer credits, right? Um, yeah. You know, and but they're not the architect. Mm-hmm. Right. They're just. um. So Stick says, truthfully, I think DC needs a tribunal of creators to get them out of this hit and miss crap DCEU. I don't agree. That's what they have now. Well, Kevin Smiggy, Kevin Feige has a group of people that he trusts where they build these worlds out. So I well, think of course you need, he can't do I, it all by himself. Yeah, I think you need one head of the table, which could be Kevin Smith. And then Kevin Smith could then bring in, you know, these people that he trusts that understand the source material like just think about if he just brings in the guys from comic book men <laughs> and it's just kevin smith and the and you know uh brian and and all these other guys from comic book men and they're the ones that build the whole thing i guarantee you're gonna love the shit that they do i i agree with you i think that'd be pretty cool yeah but yeah no i like i get it like so for xbox a lot of people um, like Phil Spencer is the Kevin Feige of Xbox. Yeah. He is, you know, the head of Xbox and, and very well liked, but he's like the face that everyone knows and the name that everyone knows, mm-hmm. but there's so many people around him that are, that are helping. Oh yeah. Any, so, any good, any good leader has good people around him. That's just, that's just the, one of the qualities of a leader, right? Is that you're, yeah. that you yeah. know you, that you're really good at hiring people around you. Well, it's like, so like, I know we talk about John Favreau and how he, you know, we want him in star Wars, but like I've given, I've definitely talked a lot of crap about Kathleen Kennedy, but there's also been a lot of good stuff that has come out from star Wars with her. Like the only things, and I know these are, these are big, but the sequel trilogy, not great, but otherwise I've pretty much liked everything that's come out from star Wars since, since no. Disney took over. I we love, like, we like rogue one and we like Mando. I like Solo. I like Mando. I liked. I overall liked Book of Boba Fett. I loved season seven of Clone Wars. I like the Bad Batch. I won't say I love it. Is she um, okay? In I'll say of the Rebels. Cartoons? Rebels. Well, she's the head of Star Wars, so she's involved to some degree with all of it. Yeah, but I think I think what, what the thing with Star Wars. Dave Filoni I don't think... is a huge part of the cartoons for Star Wars. Yeah, I think the thing with Star Wars is that the Kathleen Kennedy is like green lighting this stuff. Maybe I don't know how that works, but um, she maybe is not good at like she's it's hit or miss with some of the talent that she's that she's hired around her, like directors and stuff. Yeah, J.J. I mean, Abrams was a mistake. Yep. Um, Chris Lord and and uh, 
or Chris Miller and Phil Lort. I don't know Th- those guys that started about, solo. Yeah. They fired up, fired them, and brought Ron Howard in. Ryan Johnson, uh, Ryan Johnson, J.J. Abrams. So there's been, but then she got who who did uh, Rogue One? Uh, I don't. I am. Wasn't it a woman? No, I don't think so. But I don't think so. I know. Th- I know they have a female director that's doing like all of Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, we'll see how that is. But I mean, she brought in John Favreau, but I think more so it's been John Favreau said, I want to make this show. Aerith Edwards is the director of Rogue One. Which I think Rogue One is just phenomenal. Oh, it's awesome. And a lot of that has to do with my boy, Gary Whitta. I call him my boy. He has no idea who I am. (laughs) But um, I listen to um, a podcast that he's on for for Xbox related stuff because he's a big gamer too. Yeah. But um, Gary Whitta was one of the the lead writers on, on Rogue One and and to this day, it's one of the best Star Wars stories I've ever seen. And a lot of that has to do with his writing. But Gareth Edwards' direction, casting, I mean, Jen Ursa was awesome. So, like, I was having this conversation with people. And or, we're kind of, I'm sorry, I'm changing the topic a little bit. But I was getting I into this relevant. conversation. Well, a little bit different. Still, I was having this conversation with someone because they were talking about the term woke. What you're that bra- means. You're breaking and, out, dude. Am I really? Yeah. Do I sound uh, fine? Uh, yeah, you sound fine. Am I? Yeah, you're still breaking up. Yeah, am I? Am I buffering? Uh, I can. It says, "Darn it." Yeah, Max got new internet today. Um, seems that we're still testing it out. <laughs> Is it still? Fun? Yeah, it's still doing it. Uh, I'm gonna yeah. come back. So, um. <laughs> he's a robot run <laughs> um oh well the slideshow goes away too so it's just it's the land show the land show um it was the land show there for a minute yeah for a second is this better yeah yeah let's just keep the slides off the screen for a little bit because maybe it's just it's uh it's bogging up your bandwidth a little bit maybe um, maybe but uh yeah, so you were saying with Star with Star Wars, what? I was just saying, I was getting into a conversation earlier this week because people were mm-hmm. talking about what the term woke means and is it good, is it bad? And, and that's not the conversation I want to get into because people have very, very different opinions on that and that's that's fine. But the conversation we were getting into is the one thing I don't like is how people will call like certain Star Wars fans bigots because they don't like the character of Rey. Personally, I don't really hate Ray. I don't love her. I think that she's not the greatest written character, but she's not the best, but whatever. But the, the issue I take with that is because these people will say, oh, you're such a sexist. You don't like women characters because you don't like Ray." I'm like, okay, but if you talk to any of those people, you know what they'll tell you? Jin Erso is awesome. Leia is awesome. Padme is awesome. Ahsoka is awesome. Yeah. So the, the reality of it is, is if we just want good writing, and so I'm, that's what I was saying earlier. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm changing yeah. the subject. It just reminded me of something that like bothers me. People getting all mad at Star Wars fans. Oh, you're a sexist because you don't like Ray. Well, that's not really a fair thing to say. Like, it's so like, yeah. Well, and it, it, it kind of brings up the the point of Captain Marvel and Black Widow, right? Like, I wanted these two movies to be good, and I really like Brie Larson, and I really like Scarlett Johansson in those roles. Um, my issue isn't with how these two women portrayed the characters. It was the writing that was done for them. 
right? So the issue with Captain Marvel is that she's just a little bit too powerful. There's nothing there's nothing really like she's like a Superman character but without the kryptonite. That's literally right? that's the same argument people make for Ray. And I yeah. think it's a valid argument. Yeah. Like and my issue with Black Widow is that movie came about 10 years too late. Well, that's true. But you know you what? Know, it's okay. We got Elena out of it. Elena, she's awesome. Yeah, Elena's awesome, and and Scarlett Johansson's awesome in Black Widow. I I love her as Black Widow. It's just the movie could have been better. Yeah. Then you have Shang Chi come out, and Shang Chi is about an Asian character, and I love that oh, fucking that movie. So good. It's so I good. love that movie. He is awesome. Amazing. Then you have the Eternals come out, and the Eternals is kind of just a dud too, and it sucks because so far all these all these movies with these female led characters, because you could argue that the Eternals, the main main character, is a female, yeah, and they're not good. But on the flip side, Wonder Woman was fucking awesome. The first one, the first one, <laughs> yeah. yes, nineteen eighty four was a little little uh. <sighs> they stretched the storyline a little bit to put Steve Trevor back in. And I, and I don't like that, but wonder woman was awesome. Um, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot. Yes. She is awesome. She is my wonder woman. I want her to continue playing the character for as long as possible. Um, Jen Erso from, from rogue one. That movie is awesome. And I, I, I understand how that movie ends. <laughs> But I do want to see it. I want to see a sequel to it, and I understand there can't be. But whatever, it was that good. Well, I there's have... not going to be a sequel, but there's going to be a prequel to it. Like we are going to get more of, sorry, of some of those characters because Andor. Well, yes, yes, but not Janerso. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't yeah. really make much sense if she was in it. Right, and she's my favorite part of that movie. I think she's awesome. <laughs> Leftover Zaggy says, "No, she's mine." Talking about Wonder Woman, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I have a lot of um, faith for Haley Steinfeld taking over the mantle of Hawkeye. I have a lot of faith in um, this Ironheart show that's coming out in Miss Marvel. Uh, she Hulk has got me worried a little bit based on some of the reports coming out, but I want oh, really? these things to succeed. I want these things to do well. Yelena, uh, you know, uh, Florence Pugh that plays Yelena, the new, she's the new black widow. I want her to succeed because I love that actress and I've been preaching about her for a while. Right, Max? Oh yeah. Um, ever since fighting with my family came out, which is a fantastic yeah, movie. It, it is. So, yeah. so I think it's really unfair that somebody can't say, uh, I didn't really like that movie and then get labeled as a bigot or as a sexist or hundred percent agree with you. Whatever. Um, I think you need to listen to the entire conversation before you just start labeling. I'm perfectly fine with people being woke. I think it's fine. I think, it, but there's a point where you become a woke warrior where I think that there's, that's the issue. Um, there's a show that I watch on Hulu called woke hilarious show. And they actually make fun in this episode. The whole show is, is about being woke and it and it kind of praises the woke um, mantra and all these things. And then in the second episode, they make fun of one of these woke warriors that is preaching to this guy that goes around talking about police brutality and all this stuff. I think there's a point where you're woke and you understand there's injustices in this world. And then you become a woke warrior where you're, where you're making other people feel bad. Well, you're throwing temper tantrums. Yes. Well, you know what we don't throw temper tantrums about, or at least we shouldn't? The fact that 
companies are letting people work from home more. And if you're watching the YouTube, the 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 thing I want to talk about, and this is slightly less nerdy, but it was a cool article. Bungie is kind of opening up the way they manage their studio, and they are uh, going to be allowing people to work remotely in seven states across the United States. And I thought it would be fun to put a picture of someone playing video games at their house as a work from home picture, because <laughs> I mean, are you really working or are you just gaming? <laughs> but yeah the <laughs> i mean i i work but hey man my lunch break i'll play some video games shoot why not but yeah. hey that's one of the advantages right but they're opening up and i don't know why they're only doing seven states but they're opening up washington california oregon illinois florida north carolina and texas where they're going to have most and future roles being fully remote eligible uh, but they've also said that this is just the beginning they're going to be continuing to open up more states to be completely remote i think and that's right smart. now they're they're located in um seattle i believe so i, I think, think that's, that's great i think that's extremely smart for any company to do if you have the technology available to do work from home because you are going to be able to get the best talent because there's people um for instance with my role now with american family i was offered uh, this role prior, um, just a couple weeks before this, before I got, you know, my position, but it would have taken me the, the, the same role would have taken me to Washington. And I'm like, I don't know, but it opened up here and I was able to take it here, the same role and not have to move. But I almost didn't take it because it was going to have me move to Washington. And I have family, I have friends here that I don't want to move, you yeah. know? So, I think that when you open up these these opportunities to some of these other states, to these people that maybe right now they're not in the best position to move, you know, you're just it's going to improve your company in the long run. Well, absolutely, and and um, I mean you can find studies to show both things, but studies have shown that productivity increases. When you work from mm -hmm. home, morale improves. Now, and it depends on the person. There's some people that really want to go into an office. But for me, I'm, I'm, I was shocked. So, like, I asked to work remotely right before the pandemic. It just was a coincidence that I started working from home at the same time as all my other coworkers who started working at home. Yeah. But they're now going back to the office, and I'm not. But Because they opened up your state for you. There was, There's um, no one that works for your company here, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and because I moved from Colorado to back to Arizona with the intention of working from home, I'm right. I'm always working from home now. Like I have a telework agreement and everything like that. Whereas people that were just working from home for COVID, it was different. Like they didn't have a telework agreement. It was just because of COVID, you're at home. Yeah. But the point the point I'm trying to make with this and I know this isn't usually our topic, it's just something I'm really passionate about. I love the fact that you people can work from home. Like this is such a wonderful thing and employers need to be more open-minded about it. And I think most employers are getting there. Um, but, but some are still like, no, we need you in the office. Things are collaborations better. La -di -da -di -da. And don't get me wrong. There's value to in-person things. Like I'm going for my new role to, um, to Baltimore for like a week at the beginning of yeah. May. And that's going to be great. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to get to meet my coworkers and do some trainings and, you know, get some FaceTime with my boss and on all that. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to Vegas in the middle of May to, to, uh, commune with the West region of my company. 
so there you go see super valuable like that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff is valuable and then in early june i have another work trip for work trip for about a week where like i'm gonna be meeting all the sales guys and all the sales people not just guys but like you know big sales conference and meeting a ton of other people and networking so like that's good but i love the fact that i got a promotion at work and usually in my company when you get a new promotion you move desks or move to a new office or whatever well i did get a virtual new desk but i'm literally in the same spot (laughs) you know so like i'm remoting into a new computer now and like i do have an assigned office location which i have no idea where it is i don't know if because like people in my role sometimes get their own office i don't know if there's just an empty office that's like available (laughs) to me i doubt it like i don't know why they'd give me an office and i'm not going to use it but anyway like it's it's just kind of funny, but Zaggy in the comments is saying, I want a four day work week. I wish more companies would do that. I'm totally with but you, like dude. four day work. So like California is passing this law where like, they're going to change the work week to like 32 hours or so, anything over 32 hours is overtime. Okay. I don't agree with that. I think 40 hours is, a. it's technically 38 that they make you work, right? You work 38 hours. Um, I think 38 hours is complete reasonable. If you want to p- consolidate that into four days. What, where are you getting 38? It's like 38.7. It's oh, just for a, it's, time? yeah. Well, when you're hourly, it's 38.7 to, to give you that little bit of wiggle room for overtime. Hmm. Does that make sense? I didn't know that. I That's, haven't been overtime most com- for most of my career. <laughs> yeah. Most companies hours. I worked for where they, where they paid, I'm salary now, but most companies and I work way more than 40 hours most of the time. Um, most companies I worked for hourly employees that kept you at a 38.5 mark to give you that hour and a half of, of wiggle room. Hmm. Um, yeah, 60, 60 hours in three days. That's, that's horrible. Yeah, Zaggy, that's, that's rough, dude. Yeah. But they they, California wants to do a four day work week of eight hour days. And I'm like, well, like, I just don't understand. I've read some studies, dude, that that's actually like. It inc- like people get as much done in those four eight hour days as they would have in the five, but then Maybe they're I'm completely wrong. Maybe I'm so completely like, wrong. It's, I like it's interesting. I do too, and I wouldn't mind. I don't know what I would do if I only had to work eight hours a day for four days. Granted, mm-hmm. again, because I'm salary, it's different. Like I don't, I don't necessarily work eight hours a day. Sometimes I only work six. Sometimes I work ten. Some you know, sometimes I work twelve. Like it just. I don't, well, I usually don't work less than eight, but sometimes I do. Sometimes I take a three hour lunch. That's the beauty of working from home. Cause I'm like, you know what? I've got some errands to run and I take like a three hour lunch and I come back and I log off at my usual time because I've done all my work. Yeah. And I saw this really cool post on LinkedIn the other day that I loved. They said, dear employer, over the last two years, I've taken two hour lunches. I've napped during work. I've played with my kids. I've watched TV. And you know what? You haven't noticed. Because my work is getting done, my clients are happy, productivity is up, and you're getting all of your expectations met. And I'm like, absolutely. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating for just watching TV at work and not doing anything. Like, I'll have the TV on in the background when I'm working, but half the time I don't even know what's going on because I'm working. (laughs) Like, I'm focused on my work. But I am advocating for having a flexible work style, if you can. There's some jobs you can't have that. Like, you can't work from home if you're doing construction. That's not um, reasonable, you know, unless you're like, you know, you can't work an architect home if you're or something. Flipping, you could, if you're flipping yeah. burgers at McDonald's. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like there's a lot of professions out there 
that you can't work from home. That, you can't that, do you can't do brain surgery from home. <laughs> but but could you do a four day work week in those jobs? I think you could. Yeah, you know? well, especially with medical professionals, I think they work way too much, and it would probably lead to less malpractice suits if they worked them less. Yeah. But um, you know, I agree with you. I think my biggest thing is that I just don't have to drive an hour and a half into oh, yeah, the office, so nice. and an hour and a, sitting in rush hour traffic just puts you in a foul mood. Yeah. Or 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 okay. So earlier this week. What was it Thursday? Thursday morning, I had you know a meeting at work, and then I went up to my wife, and I'm like, "Hey, it's nine o'clock. Rather than me taking lunch at noon, do you want to just go grab some breakfast?" So I took yeah. the family out, and we got breakfast. Yeah. And then I came back, and I worked the rest of the day. You know, I took my lunch at nine, even though I had logged in at seven thirty. Whatever. You yeah. know, like I still got my work done. If you don't have done. a meeting, if you don't have a meeting during that time. Yeah, and I just I think that's so valuable. So anyway, that's not usually what the Absolute Geek Podcast is about. This is like a LinkedIn special version today. Um, but I just I loved this topic and wanted to touch on. Well, it. look at what we're doing right now, man. We're doing a podcast from our homes. Yeah, you know, you're at your house. I'm at my house. When we first started Couch Crunchers, we tried to do it all together, and it was just a cluster. Oh, so much easier to do it remotely. So yes. much easier. Jay hates it, but yeah, he likes that in person. And some people do. Some people yeah. really like in person. Like that's what I said earlier. That's fine. I was hesitant to move to this. I think I'm better this way, you know, because I'm yeah, sitting in too. my underwear right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you could be, like, <laughs> like if I wanted, like, okay. So uh, usually I start my day in my underwear, and then about an hour, <laughs> hour and a half into my day, I go shower, put some clothes on, and I get back to work. So like, I, I mean, can't. Late... I can't sit at my computer unless I've taken a shower, dude. I can't do it. I just feel like my juices are just getting into my chair and stuff. Dude. I just can't do it. I get it. I get it. But lately, I haven't been able to do that. My new role, they have meetings at like 8 a lot more. My other role never did. And I usually log in at like 7.30. So now I'm getting up and putting my clothes on and being ready for meetings. Yeah, my boss used to do this thing in the middle of meetings. She'd yell pants and we all had to stand up. That's so funny. And depending on what you're wearing, what meant you got made fun of the rest of the meeting. So Sticks uh, is over here saying, and that's how Max works from home, kids. <laughs> I would be perfectly fine with my boss watching this segment. Like I have no, <laughs> I have no concerns about this. And that's again, that's a privilege of the company I work for, probably as well. Like they're flexible. Like we did an introduction meeting, and I had my camera on, and I had like my company background on my Zoom instead of like my normal background. And they said, "Tell us an interesting fact about yourself." And I said, "Well, I'm a nerd." Clicked my background off, and everyone got to see my crap back here. And we talked about Star Wars and DC, and like, so I I will admit I work for a really good company where the management understands that life exists yep. outside of work, and and you know what I mean. So. So maybe that's part of it. That's why same, I'm not intending me, on leaving anytime soon. I get paid well. I have a really flexible work-life balance, and I'm happy. So, yeah. yeah, I've been with my company for seven years now, and I don't plan on ever leaving. Yeah. They've treated me so well, and I've worked for some shitty companies. So, um, this company is amazing. So, um, what's next? Well, I was Moon just going to say, you know oh, who? You know who I wish? No, no, you're good. You know, I was trying to do a segue. You know who I wish would leave? Steven. Leave Mark the frick alone, Steven. <laughs> Let him do his crap. All right. Okay? So let's let's talk about what we've seen so far. So uh, episode three just debuted, right? Yep. Um, so the first episode, we meet Steven. Uh, Steven's having some 
lost time issues and waking up in strange places and and stealing scarabs and stuff. Episode two, we finally meet um, Mark, uh, and we kind of see what Mark has been doing when Steven's not aware. And now this episode, uh, it is episode three, right? Yes. Yeah. In this episode, um, shit, what happened in this episode? <laughs> it was the worst episode, so you're not wrong for forgetting. Um, we kind of learn um, that there's this council of other gods, and uh, you know, Mark tries to go to this council and show them that um, that uh, Ethan Hawke's character is trying to wake up this evil god, and. Uh, convinces this council that he uh that he is not doing that and that mark is crazy and all these other things and then yeah that's pretty much it yeah by the way that was a really weird scene with with the um kanashu what's his name Kanshu, i think Kanshu, like screaming out through mark oh yeah that was that was weird right yeah i i just i wasn't a big fan of this episode overall there were some okay aspects and parts to it, but sorry, I had too much soda too fast. I'm burping. <laughs> um, I just wasn't into it, man. I just, uh, that part was weird and, and Steven was really annoying and, and I know that they're building, but like Steven wasn't the only one annoying. That was, that was annoying. But Mark was too. Like there were times where I'm like, Mark, just freaking let Steven take over and do his thing like i'm See, sure they're I gonna get... build to them like them giving control to each other and like coexisting but man they're like so combative with each other they get in their own way a lot well you gotta you gotta consider like think about yourself i know you're right you live this life and then all of a sudden you figure out that, that you're living this double life that you had no yeah. idea was going in and, and now you're, you're right. feeling out of control like i totally get it i and totally Mark's get it thing... i just don't like watching it <laughs> <laughs> mark's mark but it's real i like real stuff you know but Mark's whole thing is that he's afraid to give Steven the body back because Steven doesn't relinquish control back to Mark, right? And there he has this whole agreement with Kanshu and he's trying to keep his wife protected and there's all these things going on. So he's afraid to give Steven control because Steven has been known to fuck things up, right? Now we're learning in this episode that there may be another personality. And I forget. That was interesting. That was a cool part. Yeah, so now like all those both, people that are being killed and neither of them know what's going on. Yeah, now Mark and Steven are having periods of lost time. Um and I forget the is it Jeremy is the is the other is the it's it's this well in the comics he's like this cab driver that's like this detective, right? He has all these like leads and and people that he gets information from and and st- he's more of the detective side, right? Yeah. Which doesn't make sense that he's like more brutal than the other ones but whatever is it scotty sticks scotty doesn't know um so do you get that reference max nope. you've never seen is it road trip scotty doesn't know scotty you don't know that nope. oh fuck dude every time we do a show and i find out you haven't seen another movie i'm like what the fuck <laughs> i play a lot of video games uh road trip is a great movie it is road trip i think I don't know, but Mar- Matt Damon is this in the beginning of the movie. So there's this guy that has this girlfriend. Turns and it's Kristen Kruick from Smallville. I, I think is the girlfriend, and uh, 
turns out the girlfriend has been dating Matt Damon's character behind the main character's back. And Matt Damon's character is a punk band singer, and he's singing this song at this party about Scotty doesn't know and basically outing this affair that's going on. Oh, I've seen that. Okay. I have seen yeah. that clip. Okay. Um. Yes. Okay. I got, but I don't think that that's the, I don't think that that's the cab driver's name from the comics. Um, the, Scotty. Uh, yeah, I don't think, I think it's, um, but, uh, yeah, sorry. We went off, I went off on a tangent talking about, uh, Jake. It's Jake Lockley, I think is who the third personality is. And Jake Lockley is a, um, detective pretty much. He's a cab driver. He has a lot of informants and stuff like that. And he's like the information gatherer of these three of these three personalities. Okay. But I do think that there's something with that whole Scotty thing. I don't know. There could be two things with the, the security guard continually calling Steven the wrong name. A, it's showing that Steven is kind of a fly on the wall and nobody really pays attention to him. And he's just kind of there and people don't even bother to remember his name, which I think is perfect perfectly reasonable for the type of character he is Mm -hmm. or the security guard has insight and knows that they're in thinks that has met both steven and scotty and just remembers scotty you mean um well no he calls him scott oh sorry the security guard this yeah yeah, yes so there could that could be the case i think it's the former um i think it's the fact that he just doesn't remember steven's name because steven is not just not memorable yeah but I just, Jake Lockie, I think, is the is the third personality. So here's what I'll say I did like about this episode. Because one of my complaints, I've I've enjoyed the show so far, but one of my complaints is that there hasn't been enough Moon Knight. And there was more Moon Knight in this one. So I did like that. Oh, yeah. Um, you got to see him get down, dude. Yeah, he was fighting all those guys and like getting stabbed with all sorts of spears and, and getting through it. And I did enjoy that part because, you know, you had Mr. Knight come out when uh, Steven was taking over and he pretty quickly was like, take over Mark, take over Mark. <laughs> you know, that was, that was funny. There were some comedic moments, but like the, the parts in particular that bugged me is when like Mark would be interrogating somebody and about to get information and Steven would like make him stop or take over. He's like, stop hurting these people. Like Steven, just you leave it alone, dude. Can you leave well, it alone. Yeah, but I get it. Like, no, that doesn't bother me at all. Cause it just shows that it shows you Steven's moral compass that he doesn't like, hurting people and i think that it's i think that it adds to the character to have that element you have mark who has no problem hurting somebody to get what he wants and then you have steven who's kind of meek and kind of a lover of humans in general that i think it just adds to duality so it's fine that we disagree i'm just yeah i'm just saying i think it adds to it go ahead sorry me yeah no i'm good i'm good um I like the episode. It's just not, it wasn't the best. Yeah, I liked the prior two quite a bit more, but I'm I'm looking forward to what we got we have coming up, and I, I do think the story is taking interesting turns. Like, um, like the villain's smart. Uh, they what Harrow? Sometimes I don't hear the H, and I I feel like they're calling him Arrow. I'm like, why are they calling him Arrow? But Harrow, Harrow's an interesting villain. Um, Ethan Hawke is just a phenomenal actor. He he is. It's amazing will, that they got him f- to do this role. It's, yeah, he's just such a good actor. But I'll say, so far, of all the Marvel shows, this is closer to the bottom as far as my enjoyment so far. 
But that also that isn't a, to say this is bad. It's just to say that all of the shows have been really good. Um, What's your top? WandaVision. WandaVision? Mm-hmm. Mine, I, I have a hard time deciding between Loki and WandaVision. Loki's my second, and it's close because Loki yeah. is very good. And then I think my third is Hawkeye, then Falcon the Winter Soldier, and then this. But I have heard that the fourth episode, so next week episode, is the bombshell, is the one where people are going to have their jaws on the floor. I hope so. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so those the first four episodes is what they gave press to view before the show debuted. They were able mm-hmm. to watch the first four episodes. Um, I th- I think I do think that if it is Jake Lockie, we're going to meet him next episode. I hope that that's not the reveal because they kind of spoiled it. Marvel has a tendency with these shows I've noticed to spoil things a little prematurely. They did that with Kingpin, where you could definitely tell that that was Vincent D'Onofrio. Which I would have liked that reveal, like to not have known he was there until the second to last episode. You know what I mean? Um, but they gave you that yeah. little tease in the third episode, like just hold it to your chest a little bit closer. Um, you kind of in Falcon the Winter Soldier, you kind of get the inclination that um, that uh, what's what's Agent uh, what's uh, Peggy Carter's Sharon Carter. You kind of get the inclination that she is the, um, is it the broker? Yeah, yeah, that she's the broker or whatever. Yes, uh, Gaspar Uliel, 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 that plays uh, this king or whatever he is, um, passed away. So they had a nice little memorial for him at the end of the episode. But um, WandaVision, you kind of start to realize that uh, what's going on like in the third to last episode um it kind of spoils things a little bit uh you start to realize that there's the quicksilver thing is not all of it all it seems and agatha is not all it seems and i just wish they were a little bit better about keeping these things close to their chest hmm. yeah so we get so we get that shock you know what i mean when captain america picked up thor's hammer there was shock there, right? And uh, yeah. like, I, I love those moments where you're sitting there, and you're not knowing that something's about to happen, and it just happens, and you just get that glee that's, over it. That's me with Star Wars, dude. When when the Mandalorian episode came on for Boba Fett, I'm like, wait, wait, what? And then the next episode, you got you got Grogu and you got Luke, and you got all this stuff. Ah. I was yeah. grinning from ear to ear, and then Cad Bane shows up, and like literally, dude, that was that, a shocker. Cad Bane, yeah, that came that, out of nowhere. Well, that like whole episode was a shocker. Like, yeah, oh my gosh, it was, um, it was amazing. So, but that's my Star Wars fan in me, which I just had someone on the internet tell me I'm not a, a Star Wars fan. So that why? Was fun. Uh, because they used an acronym CIS, and I'm like, what the heck is that? It's the Confederation of Independent Star Systems, or otherwise known as the Separatists, from the the prequels but like it's okay if i don't know what the acronym means like like <laughs> especially when confederation of independent star systems is barely ever used anyway like even if you don't know that term it's okay if you don't know the term separatist and you've seen the movies a bunch you weren't paying attention but but not knowing confederation of independent star systems they barely ever use that term so anyways i did know that term just didn't know cis i'm like what is that i i don't know what that is I hate anyway. that people do that. Oh, gatekeeping. It's the it's the best. 
I love gatekeeping. I, I hate that crap, man. Like, you know, when I was called out, someone said that I wasn't a true Spider-Man fan. You know, when we were when we were talking about the Venom movies and stuff, and I'm just like, what? Where where do you come off? I don't yeah, understand I don't. That I don't why like people saying... have to call call your fandom. I don't understand that at all. Mm-mm. I agree. I don't think it's fair to say it of anybody. You're not a true anything fan. If you start a sentence that way. Now, just... if you say, if you say, I'm a Star Wars fan, and I'd be like, oh, have you seen Rogue One? And you say no. Well, then, then I'm going to call you. <laughs> then, have you seen the new, the new, the sequel trilogy? No. Then I'm going to call you on it. Right? I, I mean, I agree with you and I disagree with you, right? Because earlier we were talking about Halo and you said, oh, I'm a Halo fan. I played Halo 1 and 2. Well, Okay. So that doesn't mean you're not a Halo fan if you haven't played the other ones. I like Halo. I just don't really care for everything after Halo 2. <laughs> I've played them, but I just didn't get as deep into them. Yeah, and that's, that's fine. Halo, Halo 1 that's and 2. Fine. I mean, I played Reach, I, also, I played I played all those games, I just not to the point that I played Halo 1 and 2. I also think it's fine if you say that I I, I do think it's weird if you say that you're a huge Marvel fan. And yet, like when Endgame comes out, you don't see it for two years. Like that's a little weird to me. Like if you <laughs> yep. if you say you're a huge Marvel fan, well, then why didn't you see the biggest Marvel movie? But whatever. Like you can still say that you're a fan even if you don't see it. Or hey, I, I love Star Wars, but I haven't seen Episode Eight or Nine. Okay, you love Star Wars. Well, a guy I work with, he said, "Oh yeah, I like Spider Man." I was like, "Oh, you should go see the new movie." And he said, "Oh, I went and saw the new movie, and I walked out after after thirty minutes because I didn't know what was going on." And then I said, "Well, did you watch the other ones?" He goes, "No, I haven't seen the other ones." <laughs> I was like, "Well, dude, why would you do that?" <laughs> that would be that would be confusing. That'd be really confusing for for a lot of movies, but for that one especially. Like, it's what? just movies have changed. Everything like interconnects. Everything is a franchise now, right? Yeah. Like you can't. It used to be that you could just jump in to a movie without seeing anything else, and you could, you know, like that movie just as not, as much as the next guy. With these Marvel movies, um, with these Marvel movies, you can't do that. There's so many things that would just be so disconnected, you know that. It just wouldn't make sense. It wouldn't track for you. But it's like yeah. these TV shows. I want. I don't. So far, we haven't seen any, and we're going to see it here with Doctor Strange. We haven't seen anything um, directly from the shows go into the movies, right? Where you need to watch the shows to understand what's going on in the movies. We haven't seen that yet. Um, Doctor Strange is going to change that, right? Yeah. Um. That'll so we'll see time. what we'll see what people say. Um, when Doctor Strange comes out, yeah. Well, are we, I'm good to move on. Are you you good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Okay, talking talking about our this episode of the Absolute Geek Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. If your balls are looking hairy, trim up with the Lawnmower <laughs> 4.0. Okay, we love Manscaped. If you guys want to get some products for Manscaped, you can use the um, code A Geek Podcast. To get 20% off and free shipping. Um, Lance and I, you know, we got the products, as did Matt. We've really enjoyed using them. Um, I think last week they were talking about how mine broke because I'm just so thick down there. No, uh, you just me... wore out the battery, dude. It's just it, like I don't think anybody's ever used it as hard <laughs> as you needed to use it. 
You know what you I know, honestly... they 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 run these things through rigorous testing, <laughs> and, but they just didn't consider that you know a wildebeest would be using it, you know, with like titanium hair. <laughs> Okay, but you know it's funny, it, and it, it's changed now. But growing up, my fingernails—I could not cut them with fingernail clippers what? because they were too thick. I had to use toenail clippers. And you drank too I, much milk. Well, I don't know if if it was more a matter of like thirteen-year-old me wasn't strong enough to like clip it with fingernail clippers, <laughs> or if my fingernails were really that thick. Because now I can do fingernail clippers, but I got so used to using toenail clippers that I still usually default to that. And then, like, it creates like all these like super sharp ridges when I cut my fingernails, and it's like, <laughs> it's not great. Anyway, but um, I honestly considered using my my uh, manscaped trimmer to uh, not shave my head, but trim my head down today because uh, I'm just getting, oh I used I'm starting it. to get I, a I'm starting to get a bald spot like on the top of my head. I used like, it uh, just the other day for my head. It worked perfect. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Now it, clean it. Clean it before you do it. Yeah, that was the reason I didn't. Because I'm like, well, last time I used this, <laughs> I, I used it on my downstairs package. <laughs> but if you guys want, like, you can use the the uh, lawnmower 4.0 to trim, you know, a Moon Knight logo down there. <laughs> you know, if you're really good, get some Mark Spectre logos or in your chest, whatever. Do the bat symbol, whatever you want to do, man. That's that. You know, you use it for whatever you want. It's a waterproof trimmer. It's extremely effective. Um, it provides proprietary skin safe technology, which reduces uh, uh, nicks and snags. And yeah. honestly, I love the, the lawn Borner 4.0. The nose trimmer is great. The weed whacker, the crop reviver, the ball deodorant, all that stuff. It's, it's, it's great. Um, you know, Matt used a, a, a different product this week. That's why he's not on the show. He actually caused some pretty severe damage to his package. He has to get yeah, stitches. It's extensive plastic surgery for this yeah. downstairs. Extensive plastic surgery. They're concerned they may not be able to have more kids. Um, we told them, don't use That's anything. That's a very risky joke. <laughs> that is a very risky joke. <laughs> Why? What's risky about it? Because what if what if what if something was going on and they couldn't have more kids and then you pull that one out? <laughs> okay, that you're right. And my wife and I have struggled in infertility a long time. Point is, you use Manscaped, you don't won't have to worry about literally cutting your balls out of your sack. Okay. Oh man, <laughs> I'm just playing with you, dude. <laughs> um, anyway. no, they're they're great products, and go check them out. Use a Geek Podcast as your promo code to get twenty percent off Manscaped and free shipping. Again, with that promo code. Yeah, that's podcast. any product. It's it's not just the full like package, like like um like we got. Uh, it's anything you want to get the nose trimmers, you want to get some fingernail clippers or whatever. Like it's twenty percent off anything on the site. So my my favorite is the is the crop. What is it called? The crop uh the lotion crop preserver. Yes, my, that's my favorite. Yeah, I, I was honestly surprised how good it smells. <laughs> It does. Definitely, dude. It good. Definitely going to be putting that in my bag when we go to Phoenix Comic Con. Yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> a lot of stinky men. Yes, yes. Yeah. So Robbie Amell's got another yeah. job, huh? Speaking of not stinky men, or at least I assume, like I, I would imagine Robbie Amell smells like the crop preserver. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie Amell, um, as well as three other people, we'll talk about all of them, have been cast in. I don't know any three. of those other people. <laughs> uh, yes, you do. You do. But The Witcher Season 3 has cast four new people. Robbie Amell is the, the name that we know the best. 
Um, you know Manger Zahn. She plays, um, can't think of the character's name, but Shang-Chi's sister. Oh, is that so, her? Yeah, that's Shang-Chi's sister. Oh, I didn't even recognize her. Now I recognize her that you said something. Yeah, she was yeah. awesome. Yeah, she was great. And so she's going to be in the in the, in the the show. Um, Robbie's playing a character known as Gallatin. I'm not familiar with that character. I thought, from the that, games. Said, I thought that said gelatin. <laughs> no, Gallatin. Um, oh, I, I'm like, that. what an unfortunate name, Gelatin. Yeah, that would have been. He's like, hey, hey try my jello. <laughs> <laughs> boys and girls should try the jello <laughs> don't drink uh, that cosby wine folks so gallatin's um, actually from the books that's why i'm not familiar with him he leads an army of gorilla um scott scottle fighters i i'm not pronouncing that well but um they're part of Nilfgaard. Uh, so that's who he's going to be playing um you've got um Hugh Skinner as well. That's going to be joining. He's going to be Prince Radovid. Do you know that guy from somewhere? I don't. I don't know the bottom two. Hugh Skinner or Christelle Elwin. Them I'm not as familiar with. Um, like I saw. Oh, where did my link go? Oh well, I pulled up a link to to uh, get more information about this. But there I IMDb. Oh, I, I pulled it away. No, the uh, IGN IGN link. So Hugh Skinner is going to play Prince Radovid, a royal playboy that suddenly finds himself in the inner circle of Redanian intelligence. And this is from IGN.com. Uh, Skinner Skinner was in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, falling for Figaro and Fleabag. I've seen Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, but I do not remember him in that. I have um, not seen that. Christelle Elwin is going to be playing... Uh, or Chris, uh, sorry. She's going to be playing a member of a gang called the rats. She was in half bad and bloods. I'm not familiar with either of those shows, um, but I'm just excited to see Robbie Amell in more stuff. And honestly, Manger's on, like, I don't know a lot about her character, but I like I like the actress. I thought she did a good job in um, Shang-Chi. Oh yeah. She was awesome. She was awesome. So she's going to, she's going to be an archer and huntress who was raised by dryads in Brooklyn forest. Um, so she is going to be the antagonist in the next Shang-Chi, right? Isn't that how the end of the movie kind of teases her is that she's the new leader of the Ten Rings? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I'm ex- I like her. I like her a lot. Oh, he was in Baby Driver. He said Baby Driver 2. Baby Driver 2 is not a thing. You meant Baby Driver T-O-O, like also? Uh, that's what Baby Driver 2 is going to be a thing, I thought. I thought that was green lit. Well, maybe he means that he was in Baby Driver, the original. I'm not super familiar with Hugh Skinner, but I am familiar with the character he's going to play, Prince Radovid. That character is in uh, The Witcher Three, and uh, you know they're it's they're a royal character, and and in uh, The Witcher lore, they play a pretty big role. So, looking, I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I'm I'm just glad season three is coming out sooner because there were two years between one and two, um, and. I think the reason they're coming out faster is I heard, I should have looked this up. Tell me if you've heard this, Lance. Yeah. I saw something that Henry Cavill, I guess in his contract with Netflix, it said that his face could not appear in anything else for like two or three years or something. And that's part of the reason that his face wasn't in Peacemaker. It's part of the reason it wasn't in Shazam. It's like why you haven't really seen Henry Cavill in much stuff. Um, Really? Yeah, who would, I, who would sign that contract? 
Well, I guess him and his uh, attorneys missed it. Interesting. Now I'm Googling it. Netflix face. Well, fuck Netflix for even putting that in their contract. How? Like, that's bullshit. Hey, you're an actor, but uh, while you're doing this for us, you can't do anything else. No, fuck that. Yeah, according to Listenophiles, I'm not familiar with this source, so I want to like vet it a little bit more. Henry Cavill confirms that Netflix... Here, I'm going to share this. I'll show you what I'm looking at here on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, so right here. So, Henry Cavill confirms that Netflix owns the exclusive rights to his face. And he says, it was an unfortunate contract thing. I missed it. So did my agent. Oh, well, two years to go. That's so, like, up. until 2024, his face can't be in anything else, supposedly? That's, like, that's, oh, dude. Isn't that stupid? I, I, I don't even understand how, why that's legal. Like, how that can be legal. That's awful. And Yeah, that is, oh, I just realized my camera was off. Yeah, that's awful. That's, that's fucked up. So that's why we're not getting, you know, him appearing as Superman or, he wasn't in Shazam. He wasn't in Peacemaker. We're just getting the lower half of some body double. It's fucked up. Supposedly. Supposedly. And it's just like, again, I'm not familiar with that source, Lysinophiles. I don't know how reputable they are. So take it with a grain of salt, I guess. But that's if that's like, true, that's, that's like, awful. That's like, you know, we're on the Absolute Geek podcast. And we can't ever be seen in like, like on another person's podcast, like ever. Like that's, that's, nah, I don't know. That's just fucked up. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, so there must've been some kind of a, I don't know what the clause would be because I mean, he was in justice league, Zack Snyder's justice league. His face was obviously in that, but he didn't, he didn't refilm. He didn't refilm any of the scenes. So it was just pre-used footage. So he didn't really breach contract right because he didn't go in and film anything new yeah maybe i'm not I'm the not other sure the other actors did right didn't Zack snyder film other stuff with the other actors but not with henry cavill maybe i i can't remember maybe he got an exception or maybe you're right because it was already filmed and so it's it's different but yeah i mean i'm looking at his um pedigree here and since 20 so 2018 he did a movie called night hunter which wasn't on Netflix, but then he did Enola Holmes in 2020. He's done The Witcher in 2019 and 2021. He's going to be in Enola Holmes 2. Looks oh, like all the stuff. Sequel to that? I guess so. That's cool. And then and they're he's all in Netflix this... stuff. They're all Netflix. Yeah, he's in this show called Argyle. My my Matthew Vaughn. I don't know if that is going to be a Netflix movie. I'm assuming so. If Matthew this news Vaughn. Is true. Matthew Vaughn. I think signed something with Netflix, didn't he? Didn't um, he? Didn't he sign a first look thing with Netflix? If he did, I don't know. I, have, I haven't heard about yeah, I that. Think I think he signed a first look contract with Netflix. Yeah, so it's seeming like it might be true. He hasn't been in anything but Netflix stuff, That's and I hadn't like up. I hadn't tied that together. Now I'm looking up Argyle. Dude, if I was Netflix. him, I would get new agents. It is your agent's responsibility to go over those contracts with a fine tooth comb. Your agents and your lawyers. And if they miss something like that, that is literally taking food out of your mouth. And now the guy is not struggling by any means. No, no. But if they if they miss something that big in the contract, you need a new agent. I agree with you. That's that's a big deal. That's a big deal. 
that's like that's like your agent hey i got you this new gig and then you sign the contract and you find out a week later like the contract says you can't shower for four years (laughs) you know you can't wash your feet for like elijah wood playing the hobbit dude uh we want you to look like a hobbit so you can't shower for four years and you can't shave your your face or cut your hair or he he kind of gets screwed. He got screwed with um the Mission Impossible. Was it Mission Impossible where they wouldn't let him shave off his mustache? Yeah. And 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 Warner Brothers even offered to pay the studio that made Mission Impossible because it's easier to put on a mustache than it is to take off a mustache, right? So that's why he looks so bad. Yeah. The Warner Brothers even offered to pay the studio that made Mission Impossible for the CGI that would go into yeah, they were going to pay Paramount, yeah, yeah, and he wasn't able to shave it off. Like that's, that's... I mean, uh, that I'll I'll side with Paramount a little bit on that because it's like, well, sorry, like he signed a contract with us, like we're actively filming this movie, so like I get that, like I get that, yeah, but but there's plenty of actors that have fake mustaches or beards for whatever role or sure but i could see them saying wigs or yeah but i could see them like concerned that if part of the movie was shot with him his real facial hair and the other portion of the movie has fake facial hair would that look off-putting would you be able to tell would that you know like little things like that can cause viewers to not want to watch something so i can understand paramount's position of yeah we know you'll pay for it but that could cause our box office to not be as good because people will notice and the movie will review worse because yeah. of it. Or there's, you know what I mean? Like I could see that position. So, yeah, I guess I just think when you're an actor, you do whatever you can to get as much work as possible, especially someone like Henry Cavill. That's not an a list actor. Like, like Henry Cavill is not Brad Pitt or he's not an a list, right? I people, think he is. No, 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 no. He's not. Yeah. I think he is. Dude. You and I know who he is, but if I went to my dad and said, "Dad, do you know who Henry yes, Cavill is?" Yes, your dad would know who he is. No, I think your dad would. I know you use this example a lot. Your parents are always like the uh, the your the way you talk about your parents because on the podcast. Think... They are the dumbest when it comes to movies. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's just my parents. My parents watch very mainstream stuff. Okay, right? so I'll give you that. Like your parents probably they will know the name. And your Brad parents, Pitt your parents they would too. know the name Henry Cavill. Think of your I... parents. I bet my parents would know the name Henry Cavill. If you never said it, right? If you weren't a fan of Henry Cavill, he's not an A-list actor, dude. He's not. He's not that. He's not that kind of. He's not Brad. Like, there's very few A-list actors. Ryan Reynolds right now is an A-list actor, and think about Ryan Reynolds' popularity over Henry Cavill. Like and if you just look at how much he's yeah. how much he's raking in for the movies he does, it 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 pales in comparison to how much Ryan Reynolds gets paid to do a movie. Because Ryan Reynolds can do any movie and people will go see it because it's a Ryan Reynolds movie. That's what makes an A-list actor. Henry Cavill does not have that luxury of Ryan Reynolds or of a Brad Pitt or of you know a Sandra Bullock or you know what I'm saying? Like there's specific A-list actors. And the, and the list is very small. No, I yeah. guarantee you, dude. If you look at just if you look at just how much he makes off of a movie, it's nowhere near. And sometimes yeah, they go I, in. Sometimes they go in and out of it. And I guarantee you, right now, Henry Cavill, being the fact that he hasn't done anything else except Netflix stuff for the last two years or three years or however long it's been, 
I I think that my my statement is even more true now than it even would have been when he did like the man from uncle. He hasn't done many things outside of the nerd space. He hasn't done any rom-coms. He hasn't done anything that my mother would go see. My mom would not go see the man from uncle or mission impossible or justice league. Like my mom's not going to see those things. Uncle's uncle's like my dad. My dad would Yeah, you're breaking up again. God, hey, what is? Looks like you're is going this back. My first podcast with the new internet. Yeah, it looks like you're going back to Cox. <laughs> no, you're saving so much money though. But um... I'm gonna exit out again. Okay, no, you're fine now. You're fine now. Okay. I don't know what was right. happening. It, maybe you were looking at another page, and your bandwidth just got eaten up. I have no. No idea. I don't know. Every time I do a, a speed test, I'm, I'm getting like 500 download and like 50, 60 upload. I'm getting like triple the upload I used to get. So I'm kind of surprised. All right. Do we want to get into our last little topic here? Yeah. What is it? Sonic. S- Sonic 2. Man, I love this damn movie. Okay. So yeah, I've been fairly like negative about some things tonight. Not going to be negative here. This was so amazing. Um, Sonic so just a little backstory on the whole Sonic franchise. So when the first Sonic came out, they released the trailer. Sonic looked absolutely horrible. Fans revolted. Paramount said, it was a Paramount that makes this. Yeah. Paramount said, okay, we're going to go back to the drawing board, redesign this character. We're going to push the movie. What they pushed it, I think six or seven months or something ridiculous like that. And we're going to fix it. And then they came back out and they listened to their fans and the fans came to the theaters in COVID era, by the way, this was like yeah. the last movie before COVID hit, right? Yeah. Or, or it was no, just... it was like one of the first ones during COVID. I think was that what it was? Yeah. Um. So Sonic comes out and it breaks the record for box office opening weekend for a video game adaptation, which is very impressive considering we have things like Resident Evil and and we have some of these other movies that have been made. So yeah. fans supported it. Sonic 2 comes out, and they're giving you Knuckles. They're giving you Tails. Jim Carrey looks fucking awesome. He's still not fat. Yeah. Which but I they did a little, little Easter egg of that. But Yeah. but uh, And fans supported. This one broke the record that the first one set in place for largest or biggest opening weekend for a video game movie. It's a great franchise. Not to mention, this poster may be my most favorite movie poster I've ever seen, ever. Specifically why I chose it. Because they ripped it directly from the box art of the original video game from, what was that, like I think think it's from Sonic 2. It is Sonic 2. It's the same thing. It's Dr. Robotnik in the background holding a giant 2. They even put, like, the race, the race, um, like, you see on the edge of the 2, the checkered flag looking thing like that's straight from the video game i wish i honestly wish you would have just put the video game art, artwork on here as well next to it did you pull it up yeah there it is it, it's shot for shot dude the only thing they missed was sonic folding his arms which isn't really something sonic well does and in like the show, and tails so is, tails is back as to the, the you know to us and everything but this is very similar and it's awesome yeah it's a great did. poster 
they did so good and it just shows you that this move that the people making this movie realize that the fans are what makes it work right and halo could probably take a couple notes out of the sonic playbook for their show right because a lot of halo fans are are ripping the halo show because it does not follow the the video games at all sonic 2 whereas it doesn't follow the video games it's a completely original because sonic has never been in the world of humans right in the video games even the new age video games He's always been in this like this woodland character, right? With other woodland characters. The only human has was Dr. Dr. Robotnik. But they they're they're giving you sound effects from the show. My favorite part of this movie was you want to put the spoiler tag up? Yeah. My favorite part of this movie was at the end of the movie they have this giant robot that that Dr. Robotnik built using the Chaos Emerald. And his uh, henchman guy, I can't remember his name, holds up the manual, and the manual looks like a Sega Master System game. Like it even had the logo, the Sega Genesis logo, and it said, you know, manual or something like that. But it was like a Sega Genesis or a Master, uh, Sega Master. Um, what did I just say? The fucking. What did I just say? Their their system was called the Master. I don't know <laughs> it was before the genesis uh it, it uses like that exact box art with the black grid and everything like that like it was dude this whole movie is just for sonic fans man i just love it and my kids loved it even from the opening credits with the sega you know the like you remember from every game yeah. on genesis had that sega you know like yeah. oh dude I was grinning ear, ear to ear for like a lot of it. It's, I was I was impressed with how much I liked this movie. I, I don't know, man. I, I uh, so I, I went in. I was expecting to enjoy it. You know, it looked like fun. The first yeah. Sonic was a lot of fun. So Master I figured system. I'd like. This. Thanks, sticks. <laughs> yeah, and you said it right play. the first time. I just yeah, forgot. and then I just completely had a brain fart when I had to go repeat it. Thanks, sticks. I appreciate you. I yeah, collect then, retro video games. Like I have a Sega Master System. <laughs> I honestly didn't know that Sega Master System was a thing. I thought Genesis was their first system. Until this night, this very night, I had no idea. <laughs> I'm um, a big Sega fan. I actually prefer Sega over Nintendo. Yeah, um, I didn't grow up with either. The first console I ever had was the N64. I, so I only ever played the uh, Sega or the Nintendo and Super Nintendo at friends' houses. So I, I didn't even realize. Really? Yeah, yeah. The um, parents were kind of a, a little against video games, right? They were. We had so like we had like NBA '94 on my on my PC. Uh, we had like hockey games. Like they let us play sports games on the computer, and then we ended up playing Final Fantasy VII on the computer. But yeah, for the most part, they were pretty against us having video games until I was about what I what I've been like eleven or something like that when the N64 came out. Well, you didn't even have Wi-Fi until you were close to getting <laughs> married, right? Uh, yeah, my parents didn't have Wi-Fi. I, I moved out of my parents' house so that I could have my own place and get Wi-Fi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's crazy. Well, Max says he got his own Wi-Fi, but apparently not. Because <laughs> he's, uh, he's, he's playing Robo again. Um, yeah. yeah, so, so for those, for those that don't know, um, I am a retro video game collector. I have 
I have a lot of Nintendo games, Sega, Atari, um, everything. Like PlayStation, the original PlayStation, which I don't really count as retro, but then you start to think of how old it is, and I guess it is retro. Um, I love retro video games. That is my wheelhouse. Um, And to see these things, like, for instance, the... um, What's the henchman's name? Dr. Robotnik's guy. I have no idea. He's so basically he's been holding down the fort while Dr. Robotnik is in this other mushroom planet thing. And he opens a coffee shop that is fronting this evil agenda that he has. And they call it the mean bean. And if you guys are familiar with Dr. Robotnik's mean bean machine, which was essentially a Tetris type game. Is Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, and they named the coffee shop the Mean Bean. And I just was all these little things. I was just grinning from ear to ear. There's a scene where he gets thrown off of a ledge, and his bag opens up, and all his rings fall out, and it makes yeah. that sound of the rings falling yep. out like that. And I, I was just like, they paid attention to every detail. The only thing with that was he didn't ever go collect a few of them. I was like, come on. Well, they kind of went off a cliff, so I know, I know. <laughs> it would have been cool if they would have shown or, him like pick up a couple and goes ding, ding, you know. Yeah, like, when he, like, I love that stuff. Or, or um, Tails's little devices—they had the basic, like the, you know, the bouncing thing that shoots you up into the air in the game. Yep, like, and they it had even had the even it had the uh, like the the like air circle things that you know from. What would have been cooler is if it looked like a like a computer screen or a TV screen. That you jumped on, because remember that's, <laughs> yeah. that's what they looked like in the game. It was like a computer screen. Well, you'd like break it, and then it would have like the little tube-looking thing, like the spring, whatever. I feel Some like of like them, yeah. The but TV like then... you could get, you could jump on one that had like ten co- ten rings in it. There was one that had like super fast shoes. They were like mm-hmm. these little screens, and you'd you'd bust it, and then and then get your your uh, token or whatever. Yeah, but um, you, you know, obviously, you can't you, in a movie that's so full of callbacks to the games. You you can't really be upset. No, they <laughs> did. They, they did something. Awesome. They did great. I love um, all those little nods, and I was surprised like how many I knew because, like I said, I didn't grow up with Sonic. Like I played it at my cousin's house, but when I did, I would um I shouldn't even just say cousin. Listeners here probably know Tyler. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, or well, maybe not. He was more on Couch Crunchers than on here. But anyway, so Tyler, uh, I play at his house. But I realized as I was watching this that I like Tails a lot, and I didn't realize how much I liked Tails. Like, and that I really relate to that character um, because I'm a little brother. Yeah. And Tails is very much. It's not so much a friendship between the two of them. Like it is, but it's much more of a little brother looking up to his big brother thing. And I can relate to that because I have a brother who's three years older than me mm-hmm. and I always looked up to him and I always played tails and he would play Sonic and I liked playing tails. It didn't bother me, but I'm watching the movie and my I'm like, little Oh my brother, gosh, I'm tails. My little brother chase always played tails. So Sonic two had like this racing time game where you'd, you'd basically run through this lap type thing. It was a top and bottom split screen. Right. And my brother was tails and I was Sonic and then Knuckles came out, and I was Knuckles, and he was Sonic, right? Because Knuckles was fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, they had the Sonic, and I was telling Max about this. They had the Sonic and Knuckle game that, that was a cartridge, and the top would open up, and then you could take any Sonic game and put it 
in the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge, like connect the two. So you had this cartridge that was standing up like six inches or whatever. And you could play Knuckles in any Sonic game. Which is one of the coolest things ever. Yeah. That is so yeah. cool. I had no idea that existed, and that's so cool. It's like it's like an early version of like uh, Disney Infinity or Skylanders where you like take take the figures and put them on the it, it was the same thing. The... I don't know if you remember Game Genie. Do you remember Game Genie? Yeah, I remember Game Genie. So Game Genie was like a code breaker. You you plug you put a cartridge on top of the Game Genie. They had it for Game Boy and everything. Yeah. They used the same like technology. Codes, yes, they used the same technology that would just rewrite the code into your into your Sega to add Sonic to the to the to the game, right? It yeah. it was genius. Like people went crazy over it. Sonic and Knuckles was a huge success. Wasn't Game Genie a third party thing? Like it wasn't an officially supported No, Sega didn't make that cuz they had they had Game Genie for Super Nintendo, they had Game Genie yeah. for So it's for basically Sega. early early days mods. Like that's what it was. Yeah, it, it was, was a mod. But nowadays, mm-hmm. dude, games are so complicated. You couldn't like do this. You couldn't create a game genie now that like makes every game have cheats. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And you don't like games nowadays. Don't really have like cheat codes in them, right? Uh, it depends. Like Red Dead Two does. It just disables oh, does it? cheat. Yeah, it just disables um, achievements. And there's other games that have that, and it'll just disable achievements. So if you don't care about trophies or achievements, then but there's nothing there's nothing that like you could like up down left right oh BA, yeah no BA start you know that would give you mortal infinite... Kombat might have that still but yeah, yeah i have no idea but it wouldn't give you like infinite rings you know like i remember we used to do no we used you could, to do you the could Sonic install code. a mod if you have a pc version <laughs> yeah yeah but it's like not it's not like some some key like something the developer put into the game for people to find like that up down up down left right left right b a b a start i think it was what it is mm-hmm. or something like that that was Certain something the video said. game the video well i think it was made famous by sonic too mm. if i'm not mistaken i think that was the first one that had it and i think if i remember correctly that would allow you to go into any level like you could, i don't remember what it was well i remember mario had something like that one of the mario games had something like that and and it, it's it was really cool like that's an awesome awesome concept and you know things like that do exist today but not in the same degree so like i never played metal 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 gear solid 2 but one of the things that i've heard about that game that's super cool and this is just one of the things about kojima that's just so interesting he with the final boss in that game on the ps1 you had to remove your memory card in order to beat the boss because really? yeah because if you didn't the boss had a record of your play style and how you liked to do your moves and like <laughs> could like take you down and so if you took your memory card out and then kept playing the game the boss now no longer had a recollection of of your data i guess and that's how you would beat it that's the same thing i do when i'm looking at a uh, when i'm looking at flights I go there you into go. Incogni- incognito, incognito mode. mode. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's uh, so- such a cool idea, like to use the technology in such an, a unique way. And and developers do really cool things today, but like, yeah, not like that, you know? Uh, it's just, it's not the same. And that doesn't mean gaming's bad. I mean, I think gaming's better than it's ever been. But some of that older game, um, like stuff is just, it's just cool. It's neat. So and I Sonic really- is one of those original retro games that's just like so... It was groundbreaking. What were yeah, you going to yeah. say? Um, so 
I didn't know this. So so that that up up down down. What is it? Up up down down left right left right B A start. It's called the Konami code. Oh, so and it was. Coaching, it was first used. It was first used in Contra, or it was first used in a Konami game called Grady, Gradius. I don't. I don't even know what this game is. Gradius, but was made famous by Nintendo's Contra. So it started on Nintendo. But I'm not seeing. I don't think that was the code that we used for Sonic. Because I'm not seeing Sonic on this list. But it was used for Ninja Turtles. Which so Zaggy's way, dude, making I'm... fun of Metal Gear 2 boss. Was that? I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong, Zaggy. My understanding is it was a Metal Gear 2 boss, but maybe it's maybe it's a different game. Um. By the way, I'm so excited for that Cowabunga collection. Oh, me Turtles. Too. Yeah, me too. I'm so I'm gonna play the shit out of Turtles in Time. <laughs> yeah, and if it's dude, if it's a two player same screen, I'm gonna have to come dude, over. Dude, it's your online. House. It's online play. Well, then we'll do that. Yeah. We'll figure so, out a way. so they have tournament fighters on there that you can actually play online against people. So yeah, I fully it sucks that it's not coming out till December. I was just gonna look up when it's coming out. So thank December you. December fifth, I think. I looked it up last night. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um but I am so excited for that fucking game. I don't know, man. Sonic, I don't know if you guys saw um, the show thumbnail that we had, but it was me. I actually won best costume at a party, I think, for this. I dressed up as Sonic. I made my costume. My wife dressed, dressed up as Amy, which is Sonic's like girlfriend. And then my daughter, um, Kaylin, was Tails. And, and my mother made uh, my mother made her costume. But I have been obsessed. And what pisses me off, dude, is I went to, we have this thing called Trunk or Treat in my neighborhood. And I went to Trunk or Treat dressed up in this costume. And all these kids were like, who are, who are you supposed to be? They didn't know who Sonic was. Oh, they will. They kids today do. Oh, they do now. I guarantee they do now. But yeah, but I was shocked, dude, because if you remember, it was Sonic and Mario. Like, yeah. Those were the two sure. top things. And Mario, of course, went on to have huge success but it's just yeah it i always like sonic s- more oh sonic was awesome sonic was more relatable sonic was he ran faster he was cooler yeah. like that was the whole gimmick of sega was the cool factor right that was that was sega it wasn't some fat plumber that was chasing a girl that was way out of his league that was what was cool about sonic too if you remember it was never about like saving a princess or or anything like that. It was saving all these like woodland creatures that that Doctor Robotnik was capturing to turn into. Yeah, robots. I never, I never knew any of the story of Sonic. I just knew that I liked going really fast and get, tur- turning into a ball and just like <laughs> yeah, going around the loops. Like I just thought it was more fun to play than Mario. And I like Mario, like Super Mario World and everything. Oh, Mario's great. Yoshi I love Mario. And, like, Mario Kart's all... a blast, dude. Yeah. Mario yeah. Kart, Super Smash Brothers, which I think Sonic is in Super Smash Brothers now, isn't he? Uh, I think so, yeah. 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 Super Smash um, Bros. is like breaking down all sorts of barriers. I think Master Chief's in that. Kratos yeah, did you see the that. did you see the director of um of Sonic wants to make a Super Smash Brothers movie? That would be, that could be cool. Do it animated. I think it, it would be animated. It needs to be animated. Yeah. So the Mario movie's coming out in what, October or something like that? November, something oh, like that, that. Is that this year? Yeah, it's coming out this oh, year. But oh. that one's fully animated. That's by the same people that did um despicable me the um imagination studios or whatever they're called okay um 
which I'm kind of excited for that. It, it's I, I had a, a hard time with Chris Pratt being cast as Mario because I've just, you know, I'm kind of old school and I love the Mario voice and um, it's going to be completely different and I'm, and I'm, I'm anticipating it. I'm, I'm, I'm in, excited for it. Sonic 2, I mean, they went completely different from the cartoons as far as his voice is concerned. Uh, Jaleel White was who you guys know as Steve Urkel, was his voice for many, many, many years. Um, that's what was cool about this movie is that the same girl that voices Tails in all those cartoons is the voice of Tails in this movie. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Nice. I didn't know that. Uh, Knuckles obviously is not. <laughs> as oh, Idris he was Elba. hilarious, dude. Okay, that's my one beef of this movie is... So Knuckles had had a few parts throughout the movie where he it was just dot, some dot, of the most dot. laugh out yeah dot dot dot, dot, dot when dot. reading the text, but he really his humor didn't shine until the end of the movie when they were playing baseball. That was hilarious. Yeah, the end of the movie they're playing I beat you baseball. At base of ball. Uh, yes, it was so funny. And uh, oh, by the way, they're supposed to be like the keepers of the master emerald now, and like, just keeping it in a cooler. I kind of yeah. laughed at that too. Yeah. Um, but so the next movie, I'm hoping that Knuckles is absolutely hysterical because we haven't really seen Idris Elba in that space, right? In that funny space. And it, I mean, he was funny works. in the office, but more dry. Yeah. Oh, I forgot that he was in the office, right? Yeah. He was, um, but he's like a boss kind of a, for a while, right? He's, he's a hateable character. Yeah. He's not usually funny as much. Like there's funny things that happen around him, but. Yeah, he was like a character that you're supposed to hate, but uh, yeah, I he was so good in this. He he did a great job voicing the character, and near the end of the movie, that was absolutely hilarious. I'll say that the story arc between him and Sonic was very predictable. Oh yeah, but I think it was well, supposed to be. I don't think the story the is supposed to be like that. It's not supposed to be a deep story. It's a kid's movie, family movie, whatever you want to call it. Well, that was ripped straight from the games. Sonic and Knuckles, when you're first introduced to Knuckles, they're enemies until the end of the game. So, so that, I mean, he was, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I thought he was created by Dr. Robotnik in the Sonic and Knuckles game. I I don't remember, but I do know he's working with Robotnik. Shadow was created by Robotnik and that's supposed to be the villain in the next movie. Shadow is supposed to be a clone of Sonic, right? I don't, I don't remember if he's a clone or not. I just know he's a creation of Robotnik. But it would yeah. make sense because Robotnik did get that one. That quill. One quill. So he could have started working on a clone. Yeah. Who knows? I'm excited for the next one, man. Like, And, and I, have no, I have no knowledge of Shadow whatsoever. That was past my. my yeah, I, I know very little. I did a quick Google search after the mid credit scene. So I don't know much, but I, I do, I do know that he was supposed to supposedly created by Robotnik. Um, and who knows if Robotnik's going to be in the next movie. Cause Jim Carrey supposedly is going to retire from acting. Um, if he's not in the movie, that's fine. I mean, whatever. I, I would like him to be in the movie. Like maybe, maybe, maybe not the, maybe not the whole movie like cuz i think the henchman can kind of take that role and like introduce shadow you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah and i think honestly it's probably the henchman that cloned him like maybe he was doing this in the background like, cuz there wasn't enough time for dr robotnik to do this you know cuz he was in the yeah, maybe. world so i think well, unless the he started the be... process before like the end of yeah, the first movie maybe but you see he has the quill in the mushroom land that's true 
yeah i don't know we, we shouldn't dissect this movie too much because it is yeah. it is a family movie yes um but the henchman could be the main big bad and at the end of the movie you could you know a la professor xavier at the end of uh of days or what was it the last stand or whatever pan over to a hospital room and dr robotnik's completely in a like full body cast or something like that and and then the fourth movie have Dr. Robotnik in it. Yeah. I don't know. All I can say is that the casting in this movie, I know you don't like the sister as much. The I the just bride. found her stuff kind of annoying. It's it was yeah. just I get why it's... she's there, but I understand your point. But the rest of the casting, Ben Schwartz is Sonic, uh the actress that does Tails, Idris Elba, James Marsden, his wife, yeah, they're Jim all Carrey. Awesome great casting and that's what makes this movie so awesome oh yeah it, it was yeah. a great time i loved it yeah but i don't know i don't have anything else to say there's not much we can say about this no i'm good but go go see it absolutely yeah. well i think that'll do it for us tonight right yeah yeah are you watching anything good that you want to tell people about no <laughs> dude i'm really go, not go watch the after party on apple tv absolutely hilarious Speaking i got of ben schwartz i got two minutes into outer range today new show oh on, the uh, josh brolin Prime. one yeah and I, and I only got two minutes in just because i was with my kid all day today and i turned it on and he was like uh no dad put coco melon back on basically <laughs> so i didn't get to watch any more of it than that i think i'm gonna watch that with my well no we got to finish up servant which is on apple tv that that m night Shyamalan show we got two yeah. episodes left, and then I think I'm going to check out Outer Range. But I did just finish party... Morning Show like last week on Apple TV. Oh wow, you're behind on that one. Yeah, I'm behind. It was like November last year or something. It was okay. First season of... was way better. Yeah, I'm kind of okay if they just decide not to make any more of that show. Well, the season just ended, and like honestly, it, ended, it was supposed like... to have like it was supposed to have like another episode or something, but it ended because of COVID. Oh, is that why? Uh-huh. I just thought they were trying to end it on a big cliffhanger, and I'm like, well, I'm not that interested in the cliffhanger. Like, I just, I don't know. I liked it, but I'm not dying for season three. Yeah, and they killed off the main reason that I watch. <laughs> One spoilers. of the main reasons I agree. Yeah, that, I was yeah. pretty disappointed by that. Yeah. So, um, Space Force season two was pretty funny. Speaking of that person, oh really? Because I hate. I couldn't even get through one episode yeah, of the first I like, season. I like Space Force. It's funny. I, I hated that show. Um that I, did, I watched the whole game. first episode and it was terrible and I was like, nope, I'm yeah, good. the first season's a little dry. The second season they kind of change it a little bit. They add some like parks and recs and office elements to it. So it makes it a lot better. The second season's better than the first season. But dude, after party on Apple TV is absolutely hysterical. You need to you need to watch that one with Kelsey. It's so yeah. funny, dude. It's so funny. It's uh Chris Miller, who did Chris Lord and Phil, or Chris, Chris Miller and Phil Lord, or whatever you know, yep. the two guys that we were talking about. Yeah, he's he's the creator of it, so nice. it's hysterical. But yeah, that's yeah, all I to, got. Yeah, I'm going to see Fantastic Beasts and the uh, Secrets of Dumbledore tomorrow. Looking forward to that. So yeah. maybe I'll I'll give my thoughts on it next week on the on the show. Awesome, awesome. All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. I am Lance. That is Max. That guy over there yep, is Max. Max. 
We are the Absolute Geek Podcast. Tune in next week. Matt will be joining us again. Hopefully, you'll get all three of us. I don't know if that's happened yet this year. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But next week, it'll be all three of us. Have an excellent Easter Sunday, an excellent weekend. And until next time, play that music, Max. Oh, I thought you were going to shoot. All right. One talking. Bye. Blah, 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 blah. Play that music. All you freaks and geeks. Come all you freaks and geeks. Let's listen to Absolute Geek. Absolute Geek. We'll go ahead and spread our cheeks. Spread the cheeks. And drink some Cosby wine. We'll Come drink on, some Cosby wine. It makes me feel real fine. <laughs> See you next time Ooh. on the Absolute Geek.